This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, October 24, 2019. And of course, you know, always is every day, lots of news. Next week, it's going to be full of economic news and kind of interesting stuff going on. This week, kind of a pretty, pretty dull week as far as economic news, but a pretty exciting week as far as uh, earnings reports. This is a pretty big earnings week this week. So... Uh, that's what's happening today. Nothing, nothing really driving the markets one way or another, really. Um, so that's not, you know, I think that's going to continue. But I think uh, that's only going to continue till next week. I think, I think we're going to have some bumpy ride. I can see it happening because we have the Fed meeting next week. We have the first look at the uh, third quarter uh, GDP next week, and a lot of economic statistics coming out. Besides more earnings reports. So, I think next week is going to be kind of a little bit exciting, maybe. Maybe. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I sure hopefully, certainly hope you'll call me as well with your investing questions. Anything financial we'll talk about. And that when you do, you're going to, you take charge of where we're going to go, where the show goes. And that's up to you. Uh, many people call about stocks, and I too try to make it more interesting to a wider group. But we can talk about anything financial. And, of course, it's always the same. We're trying to make us all better investors. And because of the goal we, we all set for ourselves, and that's financial freedom. Whatever that, whatever that means for you. It doesn't have to mean a lot of money. It doesn't. Some people don't need it. I know people that don't. Don't care. Actually, my wife does not care about money at all. It's funny. Now, today and this hour, I'll do my best to help you get to that path of financial freedom. But I need your help. And that means you have to call 888-99-CHART. The lines are open, 888-992-4278. And again, I'll be in New York two weeks from today on November 7th and 8th. Can you believe it's already November? I mean, it's right around the corner. My favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving's there. I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to Thanksgiving every year. I think that's a great holiday. But I will be in New York on the 7th and 8th. And 7th is full. 8th is, you know, we got some morning appointments, I think, left. So if you want to meet with me, you got to take some action. That action is pretty simple. You know, just go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com, send me an email. And say you want to set up an appointment. You can go to our query screen, query page and ask a question. Say, I want to set up an appointment. Yeah, and we'll get to you. We, I promise. I, I do that. It, you will be no delay. You'll be called tomorrow, or the next day. Trust me on this. My main talking point today concerns a particular story. Cryptocurrencies have come under fire from Congress, and Bitcoin has plunged. And while some analysts say Facebook's plans have put crypto on the map, they have also brought new scrutiny to the technology. And that's my, that's, I'll break that story down here. But, you know, wasn't that to be expected? I know I've talked about in the past. You know, of course it's going to, you know, you're going to attract the attention of the government. Of course. Now, we'll get into that. I got some other interesting stories as well. I think they're interesting. 
How about, uh, is Schwab, have you heard Schwab, you know, they, 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 they were the first to go to no, zero trading, zero trading costs, right? They were the two weeks ago or three weeks ago. But they also announced they're going to start allowing selling of fractional shares. Fractional shares, meaning you don't have to buy a whole share of a stock. You can buy three and a half, let's say, or you can buy a half a share. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? I think we should, should explore that. And what do you need to kind of basically look at when you're looking for good fundamentals fundamentals of companies? What are you looking for? What are some of the basic things you need to look at? And I have I listed four things that I'm going to talk about. And the durable goods report fell for the first time in three months today. It fell pretty good, 1.1%. Is that going to mean anything? Hmm. So that's what we're going to discuss. But really, what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? And of course, as I said before, you drive the show. Okay, so the market was mixed today. The The uh, Dow was down 28. It was down more than that during the day, but down 28. The NASDAQ was up 66. Pretty good, actually. And the S&P up 6. So the S&P represents 80% of the market. The Dow only represents about 20% of the market. And the NASDAQ probably represents about 40% of the entire market. So that's why the S&P 500... Is, is is more broad, and that's you should pay more attention to that. They really should report to the total market, total market report. It would, you know, there's indexes for all the all the stocks, but one of the reasons why those there's a lot of tiny companies. So the S and P represents the 500 largest, and that represents 80 percent of the market. So I think that's probably a better, maybe a better index to keep track of. Not necessarily the Dow, even though the Dow's oldest. I don't know. Let's talk to Charles in um, uh, Moreno Valley. How are you doing, Charles? How are you, Steve? Just fine. I'm good. Thank you for the call. Uh, Steve, I'm looking at WMB, William Mary Bob. Okay. Yes, Uh, Williams Companies. Mm -hmm. I I like the dividend. I like the industry it's in, but I would just like your opinion of the stock, please. Sure. Williams Companies, everybody, WMB as a boy, engaged in gathering, processing, storage, fractionalization, and transportation of natural gas in the United States. It's a $28 billion company, so it's a big company, big cap company. Uh, they have made money every year for for as far as back as I could say, I see, uh, and they've constantly increased their income ever since 2015. Okay, they made sixty cents a share then, um, fifteen uh, fifty four cents a share, and this year they're going to make ninety five cents. Next year, dollar eight. So sales have been increasing. Earnings, I'm sorry, earnings have been increasing. Sales are not quite as strong. The last three quarters they're kind of flat, dropping one to two percent. Uh, they have a huge yield of 6.5%. So one of your first questions in your mind should be, can they support that? I'm sure, Charles, that's one of the reasons why you're buying it, because of the dividend, the dividend yield. You bet. Yep. Yeah, 6.5%. That's nice. But let's see. It's a $23 stock, and to get 6.5%, let's just say 6 they're going to need to earn $1.82 
to just pay that dividend. So their payout ratio is 100% or so. That's pretty steep, and that's pretty hard to keep up. Um, the return on equity is only 6%. Cash flow is $2.11, so that's good. But my biggest problem is I don't know if they can keep that dividend up, Charles, because you know if they're paying 6% at $23, that's $1.82 a share, and they're only making a dollar a share, $1.08. So how are they going to keep that up? Now, they can. Don't give me, don't misunderstand me. They can. They could borrow money. They could issue more shares. There's ways to keep paying a high dividend. But um, I'm not sure. I'd have to take a closer look at it. I do like the sphere that they're in, the space, gathering, process, storage, fractionalization, transportation, natural gas. I think that's 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 a I don't, that's not that's not going anywhere anywhere. That's just only going to con- increase in the future. Um, I'm just not sure about that dividend being maintained. Uh, it's not a bad valuation, 22, 23, not bad. So. That's uh, WMB, everybody. Charles, thanks for the call. You're, inv- you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with you know unbiased commentary. That's what I give. That's what Justin gives. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. In depth, you can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. InvestTalkAcademy.com. We're headed into the break, and I'm taking your questions at 888 99Chart. The clock is ticking, and serious investors living anywhere in the New York City area will have to act quickly if they want to sit down with Steve Peasley for his no cost portfolio review consultations. Steve will be in New York for two days, November 7th and 8th. Register now through investtalk.com. Click on Portfolio Review. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the InvestTalk Anytime listener lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Maru in San Jose. How you doing, Maru? Uh, hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, can you give your opinion on this stock, AYX? Okay, uh, AYX is uh, Alterix, Alterix Inc. Is that how you say it? Alterix. Now, yes. uh, this is a $5.8 billion company. Kind of interesting. I never heard of them. I, you know, it's one, most of the companies I've heard of, but I've never heard of this one. Provides self service data analytics software platform that enables organizations to enhance businesses. Okay, I don't know what that means, but that's what they do. They started making money in 2018. Before that, they were losing money. So now they're a real business because they're making money. They made 17 cents in 2018. They're going to make 48 cents a share this year. That's the estimate. And then next year, 78 cents a share. It's a $92 stock. Now, based on earnings, that's extremely expensive. So what, obviously, the first thing in my mind that would only, the only thing that could possibly justify that is huge sales. So are the sales huge? Well, the most recent sales, June quarter, uh, they went up 59%. Before that, it was 51%. Before that, 131, 31%. Before that, 83%. So sales are increasing pretty fast. 
but is sales are only $82, billion, $82 million a quarter. So that's not a tremendous amount. I mean, that's $300 million and an eight, $5.8 billion stock. So no matter how you look at this stock, no matter how you look at it, Maru, this is extremely expensive. Okay, and people are bidding up on the future. This thing has skyrocketed from $14 when it IPO'd in 2017 to $140 uh, at the beginning of September. Now it's 92, so it's starting to really fall hard. Um, it fell below the 200-day moving average. I think you wait. I don't think you'd be in a rush to get into this thing because it's extremely overpriced. This is a very high, a very expensive high-growth stock. And high-growth stocks, you know, as long as the growth keeps going, they do well. But as soon as any hint of slowdown, they'll get crushed. So this one's already gotten hit pretty hard. So I don't know why. I would find out why. Because it happened, a lot of this move happened, went from like $140 to $120 in one day back in the beginning of September. I'd like to know what happened that day. Something happened. Um, uh, it's a very high growth stock, but also very, very expensive and very, very risky. But we appreciate the call. Remember, high growth stocks justify much higher prices than low growth stocks. Because as long as they keep, but the trick is they got to keep growing at the pace that they set. And any disappointment, any hint of a disappointment, they will get crushed. You know, then that might be a better time to pick it up once they get crushed. So is time is the time is it now? Is this a good time? You're gonna make seventy eight cents. You know, if you give them a hundred PE, let's see, ten PE is seven dollars and eighty cents. So, so it's pretty darn expensive. On the next invest talk, durable goods orders have slipped to one point one percent. Is this a bad sign for the U.S. economy? Might talk about that today a little bit. I'm gonna I'll look at the bigger picture though. That story will be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to uh, Monica. Hi, Monica, in the Bay Area. How you doing? Good. I want to know about ORI, O Republic. Today, there's a big fly, and I wonder if it's a good time to pick it up. Okay, Old Republic. I've owned that in my personal 401k for mm, probably three years now. I like it. I like Old Republic International Corporation. It's not exciting. It's a uh, $6.9 billion company, offers property and liability, commercial insurance, and title and mortgage guarantee insurance. Boring businesses, right? Okay, it is kind of a boring company. It really is. But it's been awfully cheap for so much time. I mean, they made a $1.89, $1.89 in 2018 a share. 
Then they made a dollar, they're going to make a dollar eighty-five this year and dollar ninety-three. Can't get much more boring than that. Very slow growth. Pays a three and a half percent dividend. So it's a twenty-two, almost twenty-three dollar stock, paying a dollar ninety-three. So that makes the stock what thirteen PE ratio. Five-year range is ten to eighteen. Decent return on equity, eleven percent. Not great. Sales growth is kind of sporadic. That's probably the biggest uh, biggest concern of mine is their, they, their sales growth is sometimes really great and sometimes not so good. So they're not very consistent, and I'm not sure why. might be because of the mortgage guarantee business. I'm not sure. But I like the fund models. I bought it when it was cheap, and I've been riding it for a while. Um, I, I bought it in the below $17 a share uh, back in 2018, no, 2016, I'm sorry, some years ago, um, three years ago. I do like it. Why did it fall today? Do you know why it fell, Monica? Uh, the only you... reason I can see the maybe being oversold. Well, they, it looks like I'm trying to read real quick. Old Republic International tops Q3 earnings and revenue estimates. Um, results for earnings percent. Old Republic National earnings expected to decline. That's why. Okay, so they topped their numbers, but they said that earnings are expected to decline in the next next quarter. So not not not, not go negative or anything, just not be as good as this quarter. And of course, you know everybody hates to hear that. And that's why. And this might be a good place to pick it up. I'd wait a few days. Monica, to make sure it's done falling. That's what you want to do. And it looks like it stopped right at the uh, 50-day moving average. So I'd w- it looks like this might be the spot. But give it a couple of days and see how it acts. If it doesn't fall any further, yeah, this might be a good time to pick it up. Long-term hold. Appreciate the call, Monica. ORI, Old Republic International. Let's go to Manny in Los Angeles. How you doing, Manny? How you doing, Steve? I'm good. I appreciate the call. And uh, yeah, it's Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, end of the week. I'm looking forward to it. It is. It is. Thank you for the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. The show is great. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, I do I appreciate the time. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about uh, Digital Turbine, uh, symbol APPS um, on the NASDAQ. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's been making money, I've okay. noticed. Um, it looks like it's a good growth company. Um just wondering if you can give a little bit more detail as if it's uh, something good to stay in long term or just, you know, give a little bit of your insight. Okay. Okay. Digital Turbine, APPS. It's a it's, it's a small cap. It's $600 million capitalization. So it's small. Whenever you, everybody, whenever you look at a small cap under a billion dollars, you need to know that it's growing fast. That and he, You need only buy these really small companies if their sales and earnings are growing fast. Then you can justify owning them because it's going to be the smaller the company, the higher the risk, Manny, because small companies go out of business quite often. They get bought out or competitors, bigger competitors come in and out-compete them and drive them out of business or That's virtually right. out of business. So, that's why you gotta, you know, have really good growth, good management, and you know, on these small companies because, you know, they're fighting some big headwinds. Now, what this one does, it develops mobile software that enables mobile content distribution and transactions. Okay, it develops mobile software that enables mobile content distribution and transactions. 
So um, I, I need to get dig dig deeper into the, what that means. Um, but their well, sales like growth is thirty to f- coming out, and it's going to be a huge thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, it's already had a pretty good run, as you've seen. It was you know. The stock, stock right now is $7.20, and we're talking back in 2016, this stock was under a dollar. So, you know, that's 700% in a couple of years. And then even at the beginning of this year, you know, it was a dollar fifty. Yeah. So it's already had a really, really good run. It's going to make $0.21. Cents. It's a $7 stock. So it's expensive, but you, but you are growing 30 to 40%. So that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good clip. So, not a bad, not not a bad chance, not a bad uh, risk to take. But don't take a risk with a lot of money. But you can take it. Almost every investor wishes they had, he or she got lucky, invested early in what you know are today's the largest market cap companies. You know, we could have got them if we could just had a crystal ball. In the U.S., which company has the biggest market capitalization, and which company has the highest profit margin? I'll have the answer next. And now I'm taking your your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. Is it only a maximum of 7,000 total between the two accounts? They're always changing. And shot up to about 380 at one point. I got in about 291. On InvestDoc, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners. It's about 5% of my overall portfolio. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. As far as I remember, you only have 60 days to complete a rollover from a 401k into another retirement vehicle. So the questions keep coming. I've got a question about insider trading. From every part of America. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is G from Philly. 24-7. Hi, this is Jen from Portland, Oregon. Using years of experience, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks a lot, guys. InvestTalk.com. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. In the U.S., which company has the biggest market capitalization right now? Right now. And which company has the highest profit margin? How much do they make per item? How much? What's the margin? And here's the answer. We, we, with regard to which company has the biggest market capitalization, this is an ever-changing horse race. You know that, right? Recently, it was Amazon. Then Microsoft, then Apple. But of those three, Amazon, founded in 1994, is the newest. So it's Amazon right now. Companies with the highest profit margin are always vacillating too, but generally for the Dow Jones, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and Intel maintain the high highest profitability. In some years, Microsoft, for example, has a net profit margin of 33%. That's far better than... Auto manufacturers, I mean, just think, Tesla reported today, right? They sell millions and millions of dollars worth of cars and don't make money. 
GM, millions and millions of dollars, millions of cars, and they barely make money. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, just the way it works. Tech companies make so much more money <laughs> than, than than old old car companies or steel companies, and that's why they sell at multiples much higher. PE ratios much higher. They not just because of their growth, but also because their profit margins are much higher. Now, my main talking point today concerns uh, cryptocurrencies, which have come under fire by the government. And I know I talked about this in the past that they're not—they're going to be there. You can't have a new currency in the United States moving around and moving around the entire world. In fact, a brand new currency being used without the government involved in some way, shape, or form. Because it takes away all the government's power over currencies. You think they're just going to let that happen? Remember, what's their power? The Federal Reserve, right? They can raise and lower interest rates. They can control the banks. They can help control the economy that way. Uh, it, you know, so whether you dis- don't like the Fed or not, they're not going to let another currency come in and just take over the dollars. The dollar. Just not going to do it. Not going to let it happen. So that doesn't mean that's not going to exist, but there's going to be a lot of scrutiny of all cryptocurrencies. And of course, Facebook is trying to come out with a, you know, they're a big new currency, their big new cryptocurrency, probably trying to compete with Bitcoin. And you know, Bitcoin's down to $7,000 or so, $7,435.26, but down 9%. Okay. On just yesterday. So I don't know how much is down today. But Facebook, you know, uh, the Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, had to go through, went through before Congress, the House Financial Services Committee. And of course, they're reaming him, which is, you know, the government, you know, I don't trust me, I don't have a lot of faith in our government either. Um, but they were reaming him about the cryptocurrencies and it's going to help criminals and all those other things, you know, like criminals don't US, use US dollars around the world, <laughs> right? I mean, they do. But, you know, they were blasting him about the currency, this cryptocurrency thing that's coming out but Facebook's coming out with a new cryptocurrency it, yeah for it to succeed it, it needs to have backing of some very huge corporations or something what do you base the value on remember I've talked about this ad nauseum talked about it yesterday I wrote about it what do you base the value on a cryptocurrency how do you know what it's worth you don't you don't it's just what you think it's worth you don't no, I don't know what I don't know what Bitcoin's worth. How do I value it? How do I say, oh, I know it's worth this much money because behind it is the economy of the United States. Therefore, it should be true. No, no, there's no nothing back in that. Oh, or or no, behind it, backing it up is gold. No, no, then you don't even know what gold's worth, right? But there's no precious metals backing it up. What what is what? How? There isn't anything. It's new. I still think cryptocurrencies are here to stay, but I just don't know. I'm I'm staying away from as far as investments. Let's put it that way. Okay, we want to keep the momentum going. We do have a caller. You know, we get a lot of calls. People leave messages, so I gotta get to them. Eight 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 ninety nine chart is the number. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Andrew from Indiana. 
appreciate the podcast. All the information you guys put out every day is really great. Uh, I've really learned a lot from you guys. I had a question about uh, taking a lump sum payment from a pension plan from a previous employer. Options I have are to do nothing and let it uh, sit there until I retire. I could take the lump sum payment. I could roll it into an IRA or 401k, or I could take lifetime annuity payments. Uh, just curious what your guys' thoughts are on each option. If you could provide a couple of uh, pros and cons, that would be awesome. And I will look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay, this happens quite often. And, you know, the answer is pretty pretty simple. The answer is simple, but you got to figure it out. In other words, the answer is what is the best use of that money? Is it best to leave it in and just collect the pension? How much? Now it's a question of math. When does the pension start? How much do you get per month? If you took the lump sum today and grew it until the day that the the pension started, if you would have done that, how much money was that? And would that produce the same amount of money the pension produces, you know, um, over time? But also you got to think, okay, but I still have that same lump sum of money. I may still have money left over when I die, whereas if you took a pension, you died, it ran out. But it gets more complicated. If you take a pension where it's you and your wife, your monthly payout of that pension would be less. How much is that? See, are you single? <laughs> on and on and on. And you would want to roll it over into a, a 401k or an IRA. You wouldn't want to take it in cash because you want to leave, keep that tax deferment. So the question then would be, don't take the lump sum, roll that lump sum into an, a, an IRA or 401k, and then figure out the math if you would have done the pension. The annuities, a lot of times they'll pay you a, an annuity, and that's just a different way of getting paid you know, from a pension. So it's all about math. Which is the best way that, and it fits you? I've got, I have had it gone in different ways from different people. It's just a matter of doing the math. If you want me to do the math, send me an email. Tell me. I got to get the details, and I'll run the numbers. It's that simple. Okay. I don't want to say it's that simple. It It is a math problem, and math. this math problem is not difficult. But there's decisions to be made by you. You know, um, for I'll give you an example real quick. Um, what if the pension you get a thousand dollars a month, but the money that you have, the lump sum would only produce on a fairly safe basis seven hundred fifty dollars a month? Okay, which one do you take? You would off the top of your head, you say, "We'll take the thousand. That's more." Wait a minute. What if you died five years later? You'd have the pension be gone. But if you died five years later with the money, you'd have a lump sum of money left over. And then you can give that to your heirs. How, is that important to you? Do you have children, grandchildren? Do you want to pay for their college? See, it's not that simple. It's, yeah, there's a lot of moving things to think about. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Um, uh, Schwab, you know, a few weeks ago, they went to zero trading costs. And, of course, TD Ameritrade and, and Fidelity all copied. And now that's zero trading costs. But they also had another part that not too many people talked about. They also are going to let their uh, individual investors, small guys, trade in fractional shares. Okay, well, what do you mean fractional shares? Well, let's take a look at uh, Apple. Apple is selling for $243 a share. Maybe you want to only buy two and a half shares, and Schwab will let you do that. You can have two and a half shares. 
most everybody else is two shares or three shares or five shares. You can't just break them up. So is this a good idea? Well, here's the pros. Well, it'll probably attract more young people into investing because, and I think that's good because they need to learn investing. And if they can buy fraction shares, that means they don't have to have a lot of money and they can get into the market. That's a good thing. Okay. Um, and it would also allow people uh, that don't have a lot of money to get into higher price stocks. For instance, um, you know, <coughs> excuse me, Berkshire Hathaway B shares are what, $2,000 a share? Well, if you can buy a quarter of a share, you see, you can be a small guy, still have ownership. Number three, it will help people diversify into other stocks they normally couldn't couldn't diversify because it costs too much per share. So a fraction of share will happen. And this, you know, it used to be, we've talked about it, but it used to be shares would split to keep the prices low. They, they don't seem, the companies would split their shares to keep that price low, but they haven't done that. Now, what are the cons? I only have one major con. It will probably encourage more trading by people, the beginners that don't know what they're doing. See, because they can they they can buy smaller pieces, but then they'll say, "Well, I can I can buy it and sell it and buy it and sell it." They don't really understand investing, and I think that's the biggest con, the thing that's the that might be a problem with these things. I'm pretty sure it will be a problem. You know why I am? Because I know that the statistics for 401ks, when people manage their own 401ks, the statistics are really bad as far as returns. If they would just leave them in their 401k, leave it alone and keep the money invested, they'd be a lot better off, but they always try to tie in the market. And that's a curse of the beginning investors. Trying to move in and out, in and out, think they can tie in the market. Can't do it. But they think they can. I'm CPs and you're listening to Invest Talk. So I think it's safe to assume that you're serious about your money and investing. But we, you need to learn to how to engage the risk that you're taking. That fits right into these fractional shares we just talked about. And I, of course, I have a tool on my website, a, you know, a risk questionnaire. It's just very short questions about our you know, risk, how much, how much you're willing to risk to get to how much gain. You know, and it's a sliding scale, these several questions. It's not hard. And it comes up with a score, and we try to determine your personal risk score. It's called Riskalyze. It's a questionnaire. It's very short. Check it out. Take the, take the test. Take the questions. You can go to investtalk.com. You'll see it there called Riskalyze. Investtalk.com. Two T's. Now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. Here's good news for listeners in the New York area. Steve Peasley is making appointments for his in-person and no-cost portfolio review consultations. Steve will be in New York City on Thursday, November 7th and Friday, November 8th. That's right. Due to strong demand, Steve has added a second date in New York. Is your portfolio performing at its full potential? Steve can show you how to get it optimized. For best times, register now and learn more at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Anytime listener lines are open and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 
888-992-4278. Let's talk to Dan in San Diego. How you doing, Dan? Real good, Steve. Good to talk to you again. I, I just wanted to give you a little heads up. Uh, I did a trade sure. today over the counter, and I got charged for it. Uh, the zero commissions are only for stocks that are traded on a on an exchange, not over the counter. What's uh, who's your who's your custodian? Was it Schwab? TD Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade. So over the counter, yeah, they're charging the trade. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Over the yeah. counter, and it, it. I I looked at the fine print. And sure enough, it mm-hmm. says over the counter or still charge six dollars and ninety five cents. <laughs> so I, I wonder if Schwab has exchanges. That. Okay. For everybody, that means if it's traded on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, there would be no charge. But if you have to go to what we call a pink sheet, they're going to charge you. And I wouldn't be surprised, uh, Dan, if the others do that too, Schwab and Fidelity. I, I bet you they have the same kind of fine print. They always get you one way or another, don't they? Dan, appreciate the heads up. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that. I'll make a note. I will make a note too. Okay, let's take a quick look at some of the benchmarks today. Goal was at fourteen ninety eight today, getting close to that fifteen hundred dollar point. We'll see. Two year treasuries and the ten year treasury still at a normal yield curve. And I can tell you what the numbers are, but it's a normal yield curve. That's what's important. Thirty year mortgage three point six nine percent now. Kind of went up a little bit. It was dripping. It was got down to you know it was going down a little bit. So it popped up and maybe. Next week, the Fed meets, you know, they're going to lower rates. So I have a feeling it's going to go lower. And oil, $56 a barrel. Well, that's pretty close to the lows, $56 a barrel. Okay, so that's the news out there. We have we had hardly any economic news this week, but next week we are going to be flooded with economic news. So just, you know, gird your loins, as they all used to say. Gird your loins. You're going to have a lot of stats coming out. Okay? 888-99 chart is my number, 888-992-4278. Okay, real quick, I don't know if I have time for that. Hmm. I want to really make sure I go over some of the basic fundamentals that you should look for before the end of the hour, so I'll try to get to that. This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and never changes, probably boring you at nauseum about my goal, and that's for you to achieve financial freedom. Me too, everybody. Whatever that means to you. I know that I noticed that, you know, I grew up poor, so my financial goal keeps growing. <laughs> maybe it's I maybe I have a mental problem with that. I don't know. So the work will continue right after this break. Get your questions in. 888-99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, durable goods orders have slipped by about 1%. Is this a bad sign for the U.S. economy? That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Tom in Iowa. Uh, I had a question about a ticker symbol. It's O-L-B. It's a long-term care ETF. Looks like it's got a lot of medical and hospital reads inside of it. And I know Steve talks about those quite a bit. And I was thinking about opening up a long position in it. Just wanted to hear what you guys had to say. Just looking forward to the answer. 
Well, I certainly like the area it's in, long-term care ETF. It's exchange-traded funds seeking investment uh, performance corresponding to the selective long-term care index. Uh, so I like that sphere a lot. Now, my problem is, is it, you know, my problem with a lot of these are that they had pretty, they were doing, you know, sideways movement for a year, 2016, 2017. And then in 2018, they started to move up a little bit from a low. And now they've done very well in 2019. So I'm concerned that we might be a little late to the party. That's what I'm concerned about. So therefore, when I like it. I do like it. I want you to be in it. But I kind of want you to wait for a pullback. You had a minor pullback at the beginning of September. I mean, minor meaning it was 5%. You know, now it's a near a 52-week high, bumped above that. So I'm thinking you need to wait for another pullback, maybe to the 50-day moving average, which would be $30.95. not even that far away. It's like 8%. So that would be my suggestion, and I do like it. OLD is the symbol, everybody. OLD. Okay, looking for good fundamentals of companies. Okay, now we we go over this a lot, and we've done we've had classes on it in our uh, Investor Academy classes about this fundamentals. Fundamentals are the the numbers of the company you're looking at. It's earnings, it's sales, it's profit margins, it's debt ratio. It you know all the things that fundamentally make up that company. So there's four basic things you have to look at. One is quality. One is expectations. One is acceleration. One is valuation. So what do I mean by that? Quality. Quality means, is it a good industry that is in? Is it gaining market share? Okay, that kind of quality. Expectations. What is the driver of the company? Is they Do they have a new widget, a new way to do things? They have a new product? Uh, they have, you know, uh, uh, come up with a new way to sell stuff? I don't know. Some kind of expectation that it's going to do well. And then, are the sales and earnings per share accelerating? Are they growing? Are they shrinking? Now, all these numbers, and then valuation. Valuation is, is it overpriced? You hear me talk about that every day on every stock you guys call about. Is it overpriced, underpriced? You know, um, I don't like to overpay for anything. I don't like I don't like it a lot. Um, but that also keeps me out of some very high flyers, right? Because uh, they're very expensive. Now, that might be wrong, but uh, over the years, and I was reminiscing my first stock was Browning and Ferris Company. Second one was General Motors uh, when I was 21. So we're talking well over 40 years ago. Um, and I didn't have a clue. I just bought these because I thought it was cool. And my trading cost, by the way, back then we talked about trading costs. My trading cost equaled the cost of the shares I purchased. My trading cost, I only had $1,000. My trading cost $500 and I invested $500. Talk about being foolish. But trading costs were very, very expensive. So when you bought a stock back then, this is the good part of that. You held on to it. You didn't trade those things. So trading is not always good. Anyways, these are the four things. Quality, expectation, acceleration, evaluation. I, this is from an article. And I'll say it different in different ways. 
You know, but it's the same thing. What? How good is the company you're purchasing? What are the numbers? That's the valuation. What are the numbers? What have the numbers been? And are they moving in the right direction? That's your quality, you know, your expectations. Where is it going? How much? Is it accelerating? See, those kinds of things. Now, every stock you own doesn't have to have the every one of these. Many stocks I buy don't. Maybe if you're buying blue chip stocks, they don't necessarily have all these. But they are very quality. They're all quality blue chips. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. I will return tomorrow Friday. I'll have the highlights of the KPP Premium Newsletter, and we'll talk about that. Please tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. And, you know, you can get them at Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, and even on our own website, investtalk.com. So have a good night, everybody. of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.